0: jump on in. How many know that little is much in the hand of God? I mean, it really is. It doesn't take a whole lot. But isn't it amazing? One act of obedience can change a whole lot of things. It can be a game changer. We're going to talk about that a little bit today. But I want to encourage you guys to, if you got your Bibles, I've got a lot of scriptures up here you guys want to follow along. I try to put most of them on the board so we can just go right on through. But what's been happening the last few weeks, as you guys know, as you've been tuning in and uh, been attending, a lot of things the Lord has been showing me has just been about... Our attitude. How many people got a great attitude? Both of you. That's good. Well, this message is for us. <laughs> how many? Now, and if I ask that again, how many people got great attitudes? Hands everywhere. <laughs> how many people know somebody with a bad attitude? Now, man, look at the hands go up. How many people, please don't point, right? <laughs> but it's true. Life can be overwhelming. And you know what? We're just being honest about it. And we're just coming in and, and, and taking a look at that. But I believe today's message is going to really build some momentum on what God has been showing us, give us some different tools for our spiritual tool belt to just be overcomers and the Lord. And I said, man, just as I, I wanted to read a few things, I said, by walking through the Word and applying God's principles, we can start to receive God-sized results. And I said, you know, God-sized results are not always measured with the same yardstick see a lot of a lot of times in in the world we want to measure fame and bank accounts and 401ks and houses and jobs and things like that God doesn't work on that standard amen I'm telling you aren't you glad that he sees the finished product in us he takes us right where we are but he loves us too much to leave us there and he continues to just start cultivating and moving and working in our lives and I'm so grateful that God's not done with me yet how about y'all Oh, man, i tell you what. It's a good thing he's got, because I need him all the time. But as we start going and and working through these things, we start seeing that God wants to continue to work in our life and grow in our life. And I think a lot of times when I talk to people, I think they think it's got to be some big grand deal, big things, lightning bolts, this, this major deal to make a difference. And I can tell you what, many of the folks that made the biggest impact in my life, it was the small things, but they were faithful in that. They would be willing to speak into my life. They would be willing to pray. Let me tell you, you know, a lot of times we, we start out and we, we try to fix all the things. And say, any, got any fixers here? Got to try to fix it. We're going to fix it. Let me go over here. I'm going to fix it. Let me, tell you this. Let me do it. And then after you realize you can't fix it, then we start to pray. What would happen if we prayed first? Maybe got a little wisdom on, on, on the fixing, right? Maybe God said, just take your hands off. I got this one. All right. Now, how many of this now? I want you all to see if you be honest with me now. How many things, you guys just go to do the Lord with the big stuff, you try to handle the small stuff yourself? Three honest people, four. No, I'll just tease it. But boy, we try to do it, don't we? I mean, we just, and and guys, they say, are natural fixers. Now, I'm not saying I can work on a lot of stuff, but I do try to fix a few things. When then I call Brian and Miles to fix it after I break it. See, if they, get, if they get busy, this is what I tell them. I say, look, man, I need some help. Oh, man, I got a few things to do. I said, well, look, you can either come now when it's a small problem or I'm going to work on it. It's going to be bigger. So what's the deal? But they're so gracious to me. You know, sometimes it's good to be able to step back and take a look at our lives. I wrote this down and I said it when I first started out. I said one act of obedience can, can be a game changer for, for the whole thing. So this week, I, I tell you, I, I love People. I love talking to people. That's why it takes me so long to go get a gallon of the milk. The expiration date is almost done by the time I get on. And I was like, hey, man, y'all want to go to the store? to be like, where are you going? I so said, I'm just going to go get some milk or something. Oh, no, I don't want to go out there. Why, well, I man, we're just going to go up there? Oh, no, it's just not going up there. You're going to talk to everybody. But, you know, that's, that's what it's about. It's about relationships and, and spending time. So, so this week I, I wrote a little something on my Facebook. I asked this question. I want you guys to think about it. And I bounced it off some folks. And, I, and this is what I wrote. What small things have you seen God do that produces a huge blessing? What small things have you seen in your life, at your work, in your family that God's done that produces a huge, huge blessing? I'll, I'll, I'll share a few things. Some folks wrote, I got all kinds of answers. Grandchildren. Somebody wrote about you know every heartbeat and said they had, had, they had died four times and the Lord continued to just keep going and, and brought them back. Somebody else wrote about this, seeing their dad's 90th birthday. Somebody said their house, their family, their animals, their pets, their jobs, their friends, their church. It started going unpacking and unpacking. These small things that seemed so small, and God had worked in them in a mighty way. So I thought about that some more, and I said, well, let's see what God says about that. Let's look at some examples in the Bible where God really showed up. In the small things. And with that being said. I'm going to go ahead and jump through here. And I hope you guys take a few notes. I believe this will bless you. So it starts with really. This right here. Romans 5.1 says. Therefore since we have been made right. In God's sight by faith. We have peace with God. Because of what Christ, Jesus Christ our Lord has done with us for us. That may seem like a small thing. One man's act of obedience. Changed the course of our life forever. Amen. If you receive that. Also, because of what the Satan tangled up Adam and Eve in the garden, one man's disobedience set us on the path of sin. Amen. The Bible says all the sin falls short of the glory of God. But aren't you glad Jesus came? Amen. Brought us back out of our sin debt. Sets us in the family of God by the grace of God through the death, burial, and resurrection. So it's about what we're focusing on, I see. See, I tend to focus on this right here. Therefore, since we have been made right in the sight of God by how much? By how much I give, right? How much I do, right? How, much, uh, how many times I show up at church, right? It didn't say that. It said by God's, made right with God in his sight by faith. Are you trusting the Lord today? Are you trusting in what his word says? Are you believing him? Are you taking him at his word? Look at this. And it goes on. We have peace with God. How many know peace is an amazing thing, isn't it? Oh, i tell you what. You know what? When we really don't have peace and we start worrying, we're not trusting God. You can't have peace and doubt in the same time, right? I pick peace. It's a choice. It's a choice. Look at this. We have peace with God. Why? Because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Somebody say amen. That's the message. If the power went out right now, that's the message. It's about what Christ has done. But I'm going to tell you what, we got to watch what we focus on. How many know that? A little makes a difference. You watch where you focus. Look at this. So we talked about some of the things that I saw in the Bible. And you can write these scriptures down and look them up. I just kind of broke them down. And this is some of the things that after I asked that question, I said, well, let's get God's perspective on it. Look at this. How about a little boy's lunch? No doubt the focus was on the two fish and the five loaves, right? Can you imagine that? Even in, right now, somebody come over and say, I got a snicker bars in a, in a Mountain Dew. Y'all say, I don't think that's going to go along too far. Think about that. Said so if I fed over 5,000, they weren't even counting the, the women and the children. Some folks estimate maybe 10,000 folks. Little is much in the hands of God. So I don't know what you're bringing to the table or whatever, but I'm going to tell you what God is more than enough to keep it going. Let's take a look at this. How about this? How about a couple of coins in the offering from a widow? I kind of just put myself in that place. I'm very visual. Can you imagine the temple? Everything's going on. Kind of like, I don't know, back in the day when Kmart had the blue light special. How many people remember that? Because I'm feeling kind of lonely. Thank you. Attention shoppers. Blue light special over in the deli. I always knew where my dad was going to be. I didn't care if his leg hurt, his back hurt. He'd be like, I'm going over, they got over there, Ruthie. Because it. it's a deal. Well, let me tell you what. This is better than a deal. This is life and eternal life. But think about this. All this commotion going on, people giving. No doubt some people, let me see. You. Let me show you what I'm doing. Let's look at me. And it says a widow came over, put in a couple of mites. It'd be like a couple of pennies for us. And it caught the ear of Christ. Whoa, what was that? And he says, this lady right here is giving more than anybody. See, it's always about a heart condition. It's about being obedient to what God has, has drawn us to do in that moment. That nudge and walking and working through those things. And you notice today, we're still talking about that woman and her, her mites that she put in there. We're not talking about the biggest givers or biggest things like that. Folks that were pounding her hearts and chests and say, look at me. I'm getting ready to put this in here. Excuse me. Oh, oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. That's, that, that's us. The lady just had her heart and her eyes set on the things of God. And she wanted to give. We were talking yesterday. I had the privilege of, of um, doing a celebration of life here yesterday. And we had a lot of folks there. Mickey and his wife came out. And, and it was good to see a lot of my friends from the neighborhood. And I'm going to tell you what. If you ain't never been to a celebration of life from somebody in Buck Road that knows the Lord, you're missing out. Because the first song we did, when we got ready, we got all prayed up and said, Hey, good looking, what you got cooking? That's what she wanted. And then we went on in and sang a little bit more about Christ. But see, you can have those times, you can have those moments of peace and freedom when you know that your loved one has a relationship with the Lord. Let me tell you, it's about the heart condition. It's about trusting in the finished work of the cross. And when you've done that, all you want to do is give. Don't get nervous, we're not passing the hat, right? But all we want to do is give, we want to say, hey, you know what, I want, to, I want to pass on what God's done for me. I want to share what God's done for me. I don't know about y'all, I say it all the time, people like shopping in here, a couple of them. Thank you. <laughs> and everybody knew where my family was sitting. I, was like, I, got both hands. I mean, when you get a deal, you want to tell everybody. You got to tell everybody, man. You got to tell, oh, you ain't going to believe what people said going on yesterday. You're not going to believe about this. I got a coupon. I got this. Man, I got something better than all that. I got Jesus. Why would I not talk about Jesus? I don't care if you're in the drive-thru. I don't care if you're in line at, at, at uh, Taylor's. I don't care where you're at. If I get an opportunity to share Jesus, I will share Jesus. I told people this. I see some new faces. I was in the, uh, Taylor's one day getting some salt-treated wood. And the Lord said, You need to tell that lady about me. So I started talking about Jesus, started talking about Jesus. This guy was in the back behind me, you know. He got some salt-treated wood. I got some salt-treated wood. He, <clears throat> like I was taking too long. I was like, hey, brother, you got salt-treated wood. It ain't going to rot. Just hold on. I just kept on preaching Jesus. It's all right. Keep on rolling. How about this? How about that mustard seed of faith? A small amount of focus on Christ can move a mountain. See, a lot of times we just get overwhelmed with life and we start to lose hope. And sometimes it's just somebody that we can continue to just whisper in your ear and point you back to the Lord to make all the difference. Help. <laughs> hey, can I get the clicker going? Did I hit something over here? Thank you. Don't worry about me. Keep on rolling with it. So you got the mustard seed of faith. You've got the coins. You've got just being an act of obedience. What else do we got here? The next thing I looked at, how about a cup of water? A cup of water. A cup of water probably didn't seem like a whole bunch of stuff to a lot of people, but I'm gonna tell you, when you're thirsty, there's nothing better than water, is it? There's nothing better than that. And to the the woman at the well, when Jesus asked her about a cup of water, what happened? He gave that to her, but he also gave her living water. He gave her more than enough. That's what he offers us today. As a matter of fact, that one little act of kindness and one little act of obedience end up setting things on the stage for this lady to go back and share her faith. And they said the whole town got saved. What would happen if that happened in Bocosin? What would happen if that would happen in your town? What would happen if that happened in your family? How about your job? Can he do it? He can do it. You might just be the one to pass on to living water. Let's keep on rolling with that. How about a star? Small star. A star is a beautiful to look at, but you know what? It also gives light to the darkness. Yet God used this star to light the way to the newborn Savior. Man, we don't really think about that too much, do we? Maybe God wants you to be the light to point somebody to the Savior. Maybe God wants you to be obedient. Maybe God wants you to to step back and let somebody go ahead of you in line. Maybe God wants you to speak into somebody's life. Maybe God wants you to go to the hospital and pray for somebody. I don't know. But are you willing? Are you willing to say yes, Lord? I believe God would do a mighty work in our lives and through our lives when we say yes. How about this? How about a teenage mother? Go back through the stores there. The Lord shows up through the virgin birth, through a young girl's obedience, and sets the stage for our salvation. She wasn't a a queen. She didn't have great status. But she had a heart for the things of the Lord. Man, if nothing else today, ask the Lord to cultivate your heart to have a heart for the things of God. May your heart and my heart ache and, and have a burden for the things that God has. Ask the Lord, Lord, show me it from your perspective. Lord, how do you want me to respond to these things? Look at this here. Over and over, God is still working all things together for the good. How about a baby in the manger? When I think about that, I have did some in-depth study on all that. See, a lot of times we think it's that that really pretty comfortable hay and the donkeys are smiling like Shrek and all them in there and the donkey and, and all that. But if you do a little research, I don't think it was that pleasant. They said that's where they kept all the animals. No, no doubt it was a little smelly. No doubt there was no room in the inn. So they, they, they put them in this, this area. It was a leftover. Nobody else wanted it. That's where the, the, the animals were. They had to clear them out. And that's where our Savior humbled himself to come and be born into this whole sin situation and live the life that was without sin so that we could be set in the family of God through the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, through him showing us the way, for him being the ultimate sacrifice. It's the focus, isn't it? Let's keep on rolling. How about this? Two boards and three nails. Y'all know where I'm going with that. Who would have thought As you go back and you look through the Word of God, they they call them messianic prophecies. If you go back to like Isaiah 53, and it talks very clearly about how this is going to go down. It lays it out, the whole crucifixion. They say that that was written 800 years roughly before they even had that type of torture. How many know God's on time? How many know that God's God's got got his pulse rate on the world, amen? Let me tell you what, nothing's taking God. By surprise. So friends, I'm going to tell you what. We just need to focus on Jesus. I look at this. I said, man, our focus has got to be on Jesus. Never underestimate or devalue yourself or anyone where Jesus is concerned. we got to have faith. If I talk to people over the last 21 years about anything more than these two things, I don't know what it is. One, the security in Christ. Number two is their value. See, the devil will jump on you and ride you, boy, like a cheap suit. Well, you did that. If you're supposed to be a Christian, you did that. Hey, I am striving to be all that I could be for the Lord. The truth of the matter is, I'll miss the mark. How about you? The good news is, I pray when I go down, I'm still pointing to Jesus. Here. I tell people all the time, don't follow buddy, follow Jesus. I want to be a good signpost, and I'm going to try and I'm going to strive, but I'm going to tell you what. I'm I'm telling you, I'm humbly coming to tell you right now, it's Jesus. I guess y'all knew that already, but sometimes we need to realize that and need to tell people because we elevate men and women higher than they should ever be. I just want to be a signpost for Jesus. I'm blessed. How about you? And I'm grateful. And I know who I am in Christ. I don't have to run around and, oh, just had some worms to eat. I guess I'm going to go to church. to see. No, man. We get to come to church. I want to come to church. I want to see these smiley faces. I want to see y'all's faces. I want to tell people about Jesus because he's the game changer. He's the one. He's the difference maker. So where's your focus? If your focus is on what's wrong all the time, guess what you're going to get? What's wrong? I think it's it's kind of just the way we're wired. We're going to talk about it a little bit, but don't rehearse the hurt over. And don't rehearse the hurt over and call John and Fred and George and Sally and everybody else. And then, then if they try to help you solve the problem, then you're mad at them because you ain't got nothing to complain about. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Well, you know what? You know, they got a remedy for that. Yeah, I'm glad you think so. What? <laughs> I'm trying to help you, man. I'm trying to help you. Goodness gracious. Where is your focus? I pray that today's message and what we've been studying continues to draw us and help us focus on the Lord. Somebody say amen. amen. I said, whatever you focus on, your feet will soon follow, on it? How about some faith? Look at this. i got some good scriptures picked out for us today. 1 John 5, 5, it says, Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Let me ask you are, you, are you overcoming today? Do you believe in Jesus? Do you put your faith and trust in him? Look at this. Who is that? Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Guess what? I'm going to insert myself in the story. I believe that. I believe that with everything that I could believe with. Because let me tell you right there, that's the difference maker. I've seen God do some amazing things. How about you? In the life of our church, in the world, in my life, in my family. I'm, I'm telling you, it's just amazing to see what God's doing. Harry and his friends come in here and he looked around. And I said, man, look at this. I said, man, I remember this place we were in right now. I used to play music in here. I used to jump off a pool table over there back in the day. Pack it up, smoke rolling, everything else in here. Come on, make it, back me up. <laughs> Mickey and Tanya and were talking today. I said, well, Mick, after you stopped babysitting me, she took over. She said, oh, both of them had their hands full. I appreciate the people that God has put in my life. I appreciate the people that God has put in my life. I appreciate my church family. I appreciate the folks that are online. I appreciate what God has done. And let me tell you something. It's not like you're here by mistake. God doesn't make any mistakes. You didn't just have, well, I guess I'll go down and see what's going on. No, this message is just for you if you're here and if you're listening, whether it's today or next week or four months from now. God knows what you need to hear when you need to hear it. The question is, are you going to be an overcomer and apply the word? That's my deal. Hey, every week I'm pouring this through my life. I'm not just putting, pasting, and copying words. I'm looking at it and go, "Wow, I need to make some adjustments." Lord, you did this in my life. Thank you, Lord. I'm excited to share the message each week because I tell you what, God is making difference all the time. Somebody say, "Amen." Let's keep on going. Look at this, Luke one thirty-seven. For nothing will be impossible with God. Whoo! Somebody knows that's true. Anybody know that's true? I'm gonna tell you what. I've talked to people with doctor reports. I've talked to people with debt. I've talked to people that lost their business. I've talked to people that that's lost their homes and things. And turn around and, and, and they don't see it when they're going through. But, man, when they get to the other side, they can look back and see the fingerprints of God, the footsteps of God and say, he was working there. Sometimes in your middle of that, that, that river, man, and the water's crashing and coming over there. You're thinking, Lord, I'm the only one here. See, the devil wants to rob your hope. He wants to fill your boat with water and tell you there ain't no way out, man, but down. But well, let me tell you something. God is the stiller of the storm. The Lord is with us. And you know what? If we go down, he going with us, he'll pull us back up, amen? Take a look at this. That's why this is such an important verse. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your path. Whew, man. So many times we just get wrapped around the wheel, don't we? I look at this and said, you know, sometimes I, I mentioned it early. A lot of times we get worried about different things. I'm not telling you that I never worry, but I'm telling you what I'm working on. It. And God's taking that. God's working on that man in my life. I'm like, yeah, I can't do nothing about that. Now, that doesn't mean I just throw my hands up and I don't care. And well, whatever. It means, you know what, Lord, I'm going to turn this over to you. I might have it in my notes. I might not. I can't even remember because i have just so much the Lord's just showing me today. I wrote something along the lines the other day. Said this Surrendering your life to Christ doesn't mean you're giving up on it. It means that you're setting your life aside so you can have the one that God has purchased for you. It's so much better. It's so much better. Oh my goodness. I had no idea what God had in store for me. None. And compared to, you know, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to do this. You know, I, I talk to young folks a lot of times, so what are you thinking? When I was 18, you know what I was thinking? Money, car, and more money, and another car. How about y'all? Gosh, I'm feeling kind of lonely out here. I'm just being honest. Well, let me tell you about my car. It wasn't much, baby. It wasn't much to it. Get about 300 foot to the gallon. It wouldn't do nothing. I got I saved my money up, everything else. I wanted this car. 70 L. Camino. Guys go, ooh, yeah. 70 L Camino. I said, Dad, I want to get that car. He said, son, I think that car needs some work. I said, oh, Dad, it's awesome. It's, it's cool. Back then, back then you would say, it's bad. It's bad, Dad. He said, it's bad. I gotta have it. Gotta have it. So that's one of those teachable moments. All right. He said, and then back when I was coming along, if the car was no good, we called it it's a rag. You remember that? I said, Man, he said, son, I don't know how to get through to you. He said, the car is a rag. I said, oh, dad, you just don't want me to have it. That something? Said, oh, big boy, you got the money. You can have it. Let's drive on down. Woo, I got that. I had that. Oh, yeah, it was nice. You know, the window cranks, all that. How many people had the big power booster about like that? Cost more than the battery you had. I'm telling you what I could I could break up kidney stones with that thing. Turn them on, no no, no, no no, 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 Oh yeah. Hey, I tell you what I used to do. My dad said, "Hey, I'm gonna go down to McDonald's. You mind if I take the car?" I said, go ahead and take the car. And I had had that thing jacked up for the night before. <laughs> My dad started. <laughs> he pushing buttons, everything else, and looking around. I was like, "Man, you jamming, won't you, pops?" Man, he said, "Boy, your whole wheels could fall off. You'd never even know it." Well, that's the rest of the story. Cause man, I had that car. I pulled up and I had a little girl around the corner. I said, "Oh, uh, you know, I got that new car. You know that new car? She said, oh, really? You did? I said, if you want to ride to school tomorrow, I ain't got no problem riding you to school. Come and get me. Oh, okay. Beep beep. Get in that car. We got a little time. Why don't we just go by the 7-Eleven, and get a little something? Would you like would you like a tasty cake? Would you like something? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm smooth, boy. I'm smooth. I got up there here you go. I got this, and we got all the chocolate and everything. Get in the car. So I'm getting ready to pull over there on Fox Hill Road. Car's coming. I jumped down on that thing, spinned the tires, and I got to the next stoplight and I gave it the gas, and it was going. She says, What's that smell? I said, I don't know. So I've been telling the guys, I'm bringing my new car in. I pulled it up right there. Kick it in high school, pulled up, blew the seal out of the transmission. All the transmission stuff leaking. The girl's like, See you later. See, I, it's all in my hair. <laughs> well, that was, that, that was the last date, I can tell you that. But see, man, I was focused on the stuff. I was focused on, man, look at this, look at this, look at this. Should have been looking what's under the hood. Should have been looking past the paint job, right? See, aren't you glad that God looks past the paint job? Aren't you glad that God looks at the heart? Aren't you glad that, you know what? <laughs> Let's see. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And I can put in there, trust your dad when he says, don't buy that car. And do not lean on your own understanding and all your ways of knowledge him. And he will make you straight, straight your path. My path was real straight after that. I jumped the fence and walked to school (laughs) because my stuff was broke. For about two months, I had to save up and get the transmission fixed. But what I'm saying is, sometimes in faith, we got faith in everything else and everybody else except the Lord. You say, oh, no, that's not true. I talked to a fellow yesterday. I said, what would keep you from asking the Lord to come into your life? He said, I don't know. I said, do you believe? He says, I talked to him some more and all that. I said, I said, it just takes faith, man. And I said, do you believe your car is going to start when you leave here? He said, yeah. I said, that's faith. You believe it's going to do that. I said, how much more can we trust God? How much more can we trust God? Let me tell you what. God is faithful. And not only that, when we need to know something, we can spend time with God. Never not pray. Is, I don't know if that grammar right, is right, but, it, but y'all know what I meant, right? Yeah. When is there a good time not to pray? There isn't. There's always a good time to pray, you know? So I'm saying, you know what? We need to have faith. We lean on his understanding. So many times we see God just unpack some amazing things. Look at this. Why is that? We walk by faith, not by sight. Mm-mm-mm. It's not always what you see But it's always God working behind the scenes. Just looking at the faces here and the folks that I know coming in and out the store, you guys have been through some amazing things and come out the other side. And most of them were not very comfortable. And we tried to walk alongside with you and everything else. There's been some amazing things that God has done in you and through you. And God is using you at a time such as this to, to pour that back in on somebody else's life when they're going through something. Isn't that something? I don't know about you, but if I've been through something and the Lord's carrying me through the other side, I'm willing to help somebody. How about you? I'm willing to, I, I don't have to fix it, but Lord, I can speak for you and say what you did in my life. Now, He might choose to do it some totally different way, but He'll never do it any other way than what He said He would do it in His Word. God's never, God's never, God's never ever going to go deviate from the Word. That's the deal. That's why it's got to be open. That's why we need to be looking. That's why we need to be seeking. That's why we would be showing up to, to, to Bible study, asking questions, see what's going on. Because you know what? That's what God has for us. I knew I had this in here somewhere. Look at this. This is what I actually was going to say earlier. <laughs> Surrender doesn't mean giving up, life, giving up on your life. It means giving your life to Christ so you can start living the life he died to give you. Wow. Do you know how much I would have shortchanged my life if I didn't start leaning in and following the Lord? I probably wouldn't be married because I didn't even like me at times. I probably wouldn't, I probably would just be doing what I want to do. I know this in my life when I do what I want to do all the time that I want to do, it gets a little lonely sometimes. You ever seen that? I've got to the point in my life, and I'm sure there's some still working some me out of the situation. But I start my day, Lord, what do you want me to do? Lord, what do you want me to preach on? See, I don't know what I'm going to preach on next week or the week after or anything like that, unless he tells me now. I'm seeking after him. I think it's great when you do series and things and stuff like that. But I want to know. Lord, I want the pulse rate of my Heavenly Father. I want to know what's going on in our church family. I want to know. That's why I ask every week. We take a few minutes every week and say, hey, what's going on? How can we pray for one another? What's happening? And I'm asking the Lord, Lord, show me the message that we need to prepare and craft that you're going to give me, that we can pour through my life so I can pour through my brother's and sister's life because I want to encourage them. I want, to, I want it to just change their life. I want them to see what you'll do in their life. So you know what? Surrender doesn't mean just giving up. It means giving it to God. What would happen if we just gave it to God? What would happen? You think about this. It just popped in my mind. thinking about Moses Moses is standing in front of the burning bush and he's doing all the things he, about you, you need to send my brother. Uh, what do I say? Who do I do? What do I, what, you know, all these things. And I said, what do you got in your hand? He said, I got a stick. Oh yeah, he's got the staff. But see, it's just like that pencil that I shared the other day and I won't go back through that. It's about who's holding on to your hand. Who's holding on to your life when you make those decisions? Who's guiding you? Who's helping you along? I pray that we take time and trust in the Lord. Everybody doing good so far? Let's do this. If we do those things, this is what it produces in our life. Freedom. How many people like freedom? See, this is the thing I think the world thinks. Freedom, I can do whatever I want to do. You see it all the time. You can't tell me what to do. You can. That's not the freedom I'm talking about. I'm talking about the freedom that being bought out of the bondage of sin. And the shackles of sin. To set in the family of God. So that you can... Listen and love and learn and forgive and work through that. And God can freely use you now because you're free from the sin. You're set in the family of God. Amen. That's freeing right there. Look at this. Romans 8, 2. And because you belong to him, the power of the life giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Man. What would happen right there if we really jumped in on that? The freedom of Christ. It would change the world, man. It would change the way that we look at stuff. When we realize that we're right with God, then we can go and work in the things of God to do what God has for us. Over and over we think, oh, man, I'm not good enough. If I, if I believe that every time that I get up there to play or do or speak or something like that, guess what? I would never show up. But by myself, that's who I would be. But I'm not alone. How about you? I got the Lord living in me. I got Jesus Christ, the Spirit of the Lord, working in my life. How about you? He is available for everybody that calls upon the name of the Lord, turns from their sin, and puts their faith and trust in the finished work of the cross. You are a child of God when you confess with your mouth, right? Believe in your heart that Jesus will rise from the dead. He said, you will be saved. He wants to work in your life, but not just to save you to take to heaven, but to use your life while you're here. I think we missed that part. He wants to use you while you're here. God has given us a time such as this to impact this generation. Whether you're a young guy or more t- mature person, how do y'all like that? Right? You've been around a little bit? Man, God wants to use your life. Isn't it amazing sometimes when you see some of the young folks and some of the things they say? It's something else. I talked to a guy yesterday. He said, my, my, my child is, is getting to the age where he's, it, it, he follows everything I do. He watches everything I do. I said, okay. Shouldn't we start following this now? See, I don't want to lead anybody astray. I don't want to lead my kids astray. I want to give them the best that I can give them. The best that I can give them is keep pointing to Jesus. Keep pointing to Jesus. Now, if, I, if I'm talking this and I'm not walking this, guess what? They're getting cross signals. And there's days that we walk better than others, right? But my strive is this, to walk as God has given us the life-giving power. Look at this. I said we're no longer shackled to the sin but alive in Christ. Boy, I tell you what, you go to some churches, it's a different place. I ain't hating on any churches. I'm just saying. I talk to people and they, they look like, man, the shovel lip. I mean, this is something. If you're a believer, how can you be so down? I'm not saying that you don't have tough times. I'm not minimizing your doctor report. I'm not minimizing any of the losses. Please, I'm never, ever, ever want to do that. But isn't there something good we could find? Isn't there something we could take a minute and say, wait a minute. I'm still breathing. I'm still standing up. You ever do somebody I say, hey, man, tell me something good. Hey, tell me something good. I had to stop asking people. They never told me nothing good. You know what I usually get? Well, I'm alive. Is that what alive looks like? Well, I'm alive. Man, what about a vibrant relationship with the Lord? See, the guys at work, sometimes they be like, hey, man, I ain't had a coffee yet. Because when I wake up and I'm thinking about what God's doing and I'm, I'm praying on the way to, to, to work and I'm thinking about different things, I say, man, the Lord give us a new day, man. It's a new day. It's a new day. See, a lot of my guys at work, they don't get cranked up till Friday. It's Friday. Now, Friday, you think everybody was saved in the shop. It's Friday. It's Friday. Who brought the donuts? They got the donuts on the side. You can't even have a meeting. Everybody talking. It's Friday. You're not going to steal my joy. It's Friday. It's Friday. What would happen if you live like that every day? How about that? Hey, I'm not going to hell. I know Jesus. The Lord's going to work this out. Something's going to happen. Something good's going to happen today. I believe it. Hey, look at this. And even if something goes bad, we got the Lord on our side, man. they would be like you so happy about Jesus. I said it many times. I love it. God gave his son such an awesome name. You can't even and say it without smiling. Can you say Jesus without smiling? Jesus. Jesus. Say Jesus. See every one of my crooked teeth, baby. I love it. Bring it on. I went to my dentist one time. I said, hey, man, I got this tooth kind of sticking up over here. He said, okay, let's take a look. At it. He said, I said, Is it, you know, you do a lot of cosmetic stuff. I said, can you fix that tooth? He said, well, we can do a lot of stuff. He looked in there and he goes, which one? <laughs> True story. <laughs> True story. Yeah, and I still go back to him. I love that guy. He's awesome. Man, you got to laugh at yourself sometimes, don't we? That's all right. Ephesians two four says, "But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved, and God raised us up with Christ." to be seated, uh, to seat us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ, in order, check this out, in order that the coming ages that he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Man, that's a lot to chew on, but it's all worth it. Look at this. Because of his great love for us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Love gives. Love moves us to be givers. We're made alive with Christ. That's why I don't understand sometimes. The church should be the most joyful place, the most happy place, the most given place, the most forgiven place, the most people that, that, that divvy out grace, the, all that. And then we leave here, and then we won't cut somebody out because they got in front of us at the, at the Piggly Wiggly. Or whatever. It's still a pig wig, right? It's a Newport News. I know where it's at. They got some good chicken wings out here. You know I was going to tap food into it. But over and over, I think we just need to really get God's perspective on our life. I had some notes in here. It says, look at this. It said, read. I wrote this and read it, buddies. So I'm going to read it to you. This is freeing right here. I said, because of his great love for us, he made us alive in Christ. He showed you his grace. God sees us through the perfect sacrifice of Christ, seated with him in the heavenly realms. You have a destination. You have a purpose. You have a value. You have a gift to share. Don't take it to the grave. I say this many times. I heard this years ago. And and it just, it just, oh. They asked the guy, said, Well, where's the richest place you've been? Where's the richest place you've ever seen? What is it? He said, It's the graveyard. It's the cemetery. Everybody said, What are you talking about? He said, so many people have lived their life and carried their gifts to the grave. They never shared it with their generation. They never shared it with their generation. There's so many songs that were never written that they were going to do it. See, tomorrow will rob you. Tomorrow will rob you. Think about that. They're going to build the building. They're going to do this. They're going to call grandma. They're going to pray for somebody one day. We're going to do this. I'm going to get things back together. I'm going to get back into church. I'm going to get back into I've heard that a lot. People say, yeah, man, I just got to get back into it. I thought if, as long as I've been married, if I just thought it's a relationship, right? If I told told Denise, well, I'm just going to kind of get back into it. She's liable to knock me out of it. It's a relationship. You work with that every day. And some days, it ain't easy. Somebody say amen. Guys, help me. You know, people get married. They say, well, it's 50-50. I say, you lie. Sometimes it's 99-1. I know she said, Come on, get up, boy. Come on, it's time to go. Man, but that's what partnership is, isn't it? Working together, pulling together, man. So many times, I think we don't realize that we have a destination, that we do have a purpose, and that we do have value. See, the world will always try to devalue you, always, right? You see that sometimes? How many people have been on a job interview? Have you ever had a bad job interview? I ain't had a job interview in 35 years, so I don't know. But <laughs> I remember when I was looking for this job, and this has been a long time ago. I'll give you one of these. You come in there all styling and smiling and everything. This is when you can actually go knock on the door and see if they need a job. They look at your resume and they go. Like, hmm, it says here that you uh, are a certified bona fide chicken flipper, is that right? <laughs> yes, I was a private in the Colonel's Army, yes I was. Y'all know I work for KFC. I ain't giving up the Seven Urban Spices. I ain't telling y'all what's in that secret sauce. Swore to secrecy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, that's good. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Well, i tell you what. We'll call you if we need you. I didn't give you my phone number. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking that this probably isn't the job for me. How about that? Probably thinking this this might not be the one. But you know what? I'm going to bring this home with this. But because of Christ... He made all the difference. Because of Christ, we can come boldly to the throne of grace. Because of Christ, look at this. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That doesn't mean that we squander our salvation. To me, what it means is we should be so grateful with our salvation that it pours out of every area of our life. I don't have to be right all the time. I'm not going to take somebody to the mat over something. But I will tell you this. I'm not going to sacrifice or go dance around the truth of the Savior. If you want to talk about it, that's what we're going to talk about. I'm going to tell you exactly what the Lord's done in my life. I'm going to tell you exactly how God is faithful. I'm going to tell you exactly what God has done in my life. How about you? Are you willing to? To give a testimony of what God did in your life. Now when you say that. A lot of people think they got to get up and have four pages of stuff. And start out when you were you know, five years old and all this thing. Let me tell you what. Sometimes it's just saying I was here. And God moved in here. And this is where he's taking me now. Because I don't know about you. I want all the glory to go to God. All the glory to go to God. See when we're lifting him up. It's going to draw others in. I love that people say, man, how in the world did this happen? How did this happen? I said, man, it's God. It's God working in this thing. God is working in this thing. How many people got a story about God working in this thing? You can fill in the blank. Whatever it is. Relationships, everything else, all those things like that. Man. I think back at some of the times, if I'd have been five minutes sooner or ten minutes later, I wouldn't have been here. God's working those things. I'm so grateful. I think about things that I said, and I think, oh, man, I wish I didn't say that. I think about things I've done. I was like, man, I wish I didn't do that. But God said, I make all things new. God says, I'll tell you what. Bring it to the cross. Bring it to me. Turn from your sin. Turn from your past. And turn to me. Make me your future. Make me the Lord of your life. See, a lot of times we, we want to, to give God a little bit. But God wants it all. He wants surrender. So today I pray as we get ready to close this part of the service. That we surrender our hearts to the Lord Jesus. Pray that we surrender our old and come back to the new. Because God is for us. God is with us. I talk to people so many times and I go, what is it that that God's working in your life? What is God doing in your life? And what is is it that God wants to to change or or do? God wants to work with you right there in the middle of where you are. So many times I think we think we got to fix it ourselves, but we're not going to fix it. If you could save yourself, Jesus Christ didn't have to come on the cross. Amen? Everybody knows we don't have to do that, right? I'm going to tell you what. How many people i got in here today are grateful for what Christ has done for him? Let me see you raise your hand. How many people are willing to share that? I'm not talking about right now. And that's good if you want to share it right now. How about in your work? How about the way you work? How about the way you do things? How about the way you, you live your life? How about the way you give? How about the way you share? How about the way you serve? Because it's all. I had a guy one time tell me this. He said, well, business is business. The church is church. I was like, I don't know what church you're going to. But see, the church is building to a lot of folks. But see, church is is here, in here. And we're supposed to take it out there. So friends, I want to tell you, as we're we're here today, don't leave the same way you come in. I believe there's always a little something that God can mold in our life, a little something that God could turn around and work in our life. So with that being said, let's pray. Lord, I thank you for all you do. I thank you that, uh, Father, you are more than enough. And Father, I thank you that regardless of our past, You make us new, and you make us what we're supposed to be. So, Father, I thank you. As I stand here before my friends and family, Lord, today is a time of decision. What decision is it that God wants you to do? What decision is it that God wants you to make? Is it to serve? Is it to turn from this and turn to him? Ultimately, if you're listening here today, if you've never put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, that's the biggest decision you'll ever make in your life. And I pray right now for the hearts that are just on the fence. The Lord tells us that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. What does that mean? That means because, you know, that one act in the garden, sin was imputed to every one of us. But that one act on the cross through the Savior changed everything. Do you believe it? Will you receive it? Will you ask the Lord today to apply that to your life? Friends, if you're here today and you've never trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, please, today, please, Lord, take my words and make them just clear. I don't want anybody to leave here without knowing you. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, we will be saved. I'm not talking about mumbling words. I'm not talking about any of those things. I'm talking about God sacrificed His Son for you and I to pay that ultimate debt. See, what happens is the reason we need a Savior is we have sinned against God's law. And God is just and God is right and God is holy. And there had to be payment for that sin. And let me tell you, there was payment for that sin in full. That's where Jesus laid his life down and poured out his blood and died for each one of us. And then he rose on the third day. And he says, if you will believe that and you will receive that and you will take that into your heart and you will turn from your sin and turn to me, repent, turn from your sin and turn to him. He says, you're mine. So, friend, if that's you today, ask him. Lord, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Today, Lord, I just confess that I need you, that you're the son of God. And the Bible says that he will come into your life and he will see you with his spirit. Friend, if that's your prayer today, tell somebody, that's, that's, today is my day. If you're listening here, I don't care if it's three weeks, six years from now, let somebody know today was your day. Because let me tell you, every day God is out there extending his grace and mercy, but there is no better time than today. And everybody said, Amen, amen. amen.